Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Well, good morning, Epiphany Church. It is so good to be gathered with God's people celebrating the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, let me use this as a quick moment to welcome all of you who are streaming for the first time with us. We are grateful that you are streaming with us. Uh, it's really two things that I'm hoping you would do. Number one, share this link. Let somebody know that we are live. Um, we have done worship. We have another worship song coming. Uh, but we're about to get into the word of God, which really is the climactic moment of our worship gatherings. Uh, the way Deuteronomy 8.3 will say it is man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Here's the second thing I want you to do. Get everybody in the house to all come so that we can gather and get into the word of God together. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if they don't know Jesus. Tell them to come and sit down. We about to get into the word of God together. So grab your Bibles, your devices and meet me in Luke chapter 17. Uh, as you turn there, there, there's a crew here. Y'all say what's up, everybody. I am excited that they are here. It, it brings some life to, uh, to preach. So I'm not just preaching to cameras, but actually preaching to people uh, in the room. All right, Luke chapter 17 is where we are. Uh, it is post Thanksgiving. So I don't know about y'all, but I have been eating Thanksgiving food all week long. And uh, man, leftovers is the best part. It's something about when them yams marinate and that mac and cheese just comes together. Something about it. Uh, but I'm excited to get into the word and get into some leftovers. So grab your plate and let's do it together. All right, let's jump in. Luke 17. Uh, check me out in verse 11. It says this on the way to Jerusalem, he meaning Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And he entered a village. He was met with 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voice saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. You should underline that. That's going to be very important for us. Verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, not quiet, not calm, not collective, but he praised God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. Watch the next question. Where are the nine? Jesus asked one more question. Was, not, was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I want to preach uh, for a short period of time on the topic, gratitude and praise are interchangeable. Gratitude and praise are interchangeable. Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Uh, Father, I echo the words of Psalm 119, verse 18. Open our eyes that we may behold the wondrous things out of your law. It's in Christ's name we pray and give all glory. Amen. Amen. Gratitude and praise are interchangeable. It's not a secret that 2020 has been a very difficult year for so many people. I mean, we're still in the midst of this pandemic. You have uh, death is all around us. Viruses are, are all around us. At least half or a little bit less than half of the country is uh, going chaotic right now because of the 
election a few weeks ago. There's economic downfall. There's so many things that are fighting for our attention when it comes to chaos. However, my hope today in this season of gratitude is to get you to look at a different space, to get you to look at what it looks like to thank God for his faithfulness, because I guarantee you that you can look around your life and you can point out 10 different things that are wrong, but I guarantee you, you could probably point out 20 different things that God has been faithful and good and gracious in. Furthermore, I simply want to show you in the text today, through this story with 10 lepers and Jesus in this unnamed village, I want to show you how gratitude and praise are really interchangeable. Let me see if I can say it this way. If you'll do me a favor and just type this. Praise is launched off the hearts of thankful people. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. Praise is launched off the hearts of thankful people. And I think our text today is going to help us to understand how we can get to a place of praise if we understand the areas that we need to be thankful for. My hope is that you would be the one that came back, not the nine ignorant fools that kept on going, even though Jesus did a miraculous work in their lives. Won't you pick me back up in verse 11? I'm going to move quickly. This is a narrative, so it kind of, the story tells itself. So more than me preaching, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be a little commentary on the story. It says in verse 11, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered the village, and he was met with 10 lepers who stood at a distance. The opening verse tells us that Jesus is passing from Samaria into Galilee, and uh, and he's trying to get ultimately to Jerusalem, but understand something, the village that is named here is actually not named. It's, It's very unnamed, and it's interesting that when he comes upon this village that doesn't give us the context of exactly where he is, he's met with 10 lepers. Somebody in the room just say 10 lepers. It would behoove us to unpack a little bit of what leprosy is. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I've actually talked about leprosy a bunch of times in a bunch of different stories. But I'll give it to you this way. Leprosy is mentioned over 40 times in the Bible. And every time it's mentioned, it is mentioned as the most feared, dreadly disease. You think coronavirus is the most deadly disease right now. Leprosy was far worse. It was deadly. If, if you caught it, it was you were hopeless. You were uncurable. You were ostracized because you were not allowed to be around the commonwealth of Israel. And so the Bible tells us here that there are 10 lepers that are here. Leviticus gives us instructions on how to deal with leprosy. It says, listen. You ban anybody with leprosy because it, it many people believed that it was so uncurable that it would it's easier to raise someone from the dead than cure them from leprosy. And I love this because the text shows us here that Jesus is so dope that he doesn't cure one, but he's so strong and mighty. He's able to cure 10 wow. at the same time. I'm not surprised here that this village is unnamed because if these if, if these 10 lepers had any part of Israel, they were not allowed to be in Jerusalem because of their dysfunction. In other words, they are brought together. This community of lepers are brought together because of their sickness. We, we, we don't know. They probably would not even be friends if it was not for their disease. They're joined together by their common dysfunction. The only characteristic that is given in the text that joins them together is their sickness. When I read this earlier, it it struck me that many of us pick relationships based on dysfunction. In in other words, 
your daddy did, was, did you wrong and my daddy wasn't there, let's get married. Dysfunction is not a reason to get married. Misery loving company is not a reason to get married. You got to understand something about dysfunction. Listen, deal with your dysfunction. All of us got it. Everybody in this room got dysfunction. I got dysfunction. You got dysfunction. But don't allow that to be the common characteristic that brings community together. We, we, yes, we have our dysfunction, but we take it to Jesus. And I love these lepers because that's exactly what they do. They look at their dysfunction and they take it to the one person that they know is able to cure them. This impossible disease shows us how powerful Jesus is. They knew where to take their sickness. They said, let's take our sickness to Jesus. And what I love about this is Jesus is able to do in this passage what no doctor can do. Jesus does in this passage what no herbal care specialist can do. He does in this passage what no therapist can do. He does in this passage what no money can do. Ultimately, Jesus is flexing his mus muscles. He's not saying, I can cure one of y'all. I can cure all 10 of y'all. And guess what? I ain't even got to touch you. Go so show yourself to the priest. That, that's how deep Jesus is and how dope he is. He shows us that all power is in his hands. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18 says it this way. All authority has been given to me, I serve a God that is so powerful. And so if you want something done, here's, how, here's where you take it. You take it to Jesus. These lepers all come together and they see Jesus and they say, oh, that, that, that's our cure right there. Our, our cure is walking through and he's on his way to another city, but let's get to him right here, right now. And so they're not just standing, but the Bible says in verse 12 that these lepers were in an unnamed village. It says 10 lepers who stood at a distance. And here's what they said. They lifted up their voice. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. I do not know if they said it one time or if they were persistent. It really doesn't matter if they were persistent or said it one time. Here's what you can note that these people, these lepers, these these sick uh, men are not pleading to Jesus because of their good behavior. They're not saying, Jesus, this is not entitlement. This is not Jesus. You should heal me because I've been a good guy. You should heal me because I've obeyed the law. You should heal me because I got up this morning and I prayed to you. You should heal me because I'm actually in discipleship and I serve at the church. And that's, they're not doing that. They're saying, Jesus, there's one reason I'm coming to you. Have mercy, Lord. They are pleading with God for mercy because here's what I found out about gratitude. Entitlement does not breed gratitude. You gotta understand something. Entitlement expects Jesus to do something. They're not expecting Jesus to do anything. They see their cure walking by and they say, mercy, Lord, have mercy on me. And when you think about your life, listen, Jesus doesn't have to work a miracle in your life. If he does, it's mercy. We plead, we, we sing songs about how amazing grace is. And yes, grace is amazing. But here's what I know. Mercy is just as amazing because you get what you don't deserve. That is nothing but mercy. And so these 10 lepers all cry. They say to Jesus, mercy, the only thing they really should be saying, according to Leviticus, is unclean, unclean. They were supposed to announce their sickness, but they don't say unclean, unclean. They look at Jesus and they say, Lord, have mercy on me. They got to their wits end and the only thing they could utter was mercy. Have you ever been there? Anybody in here, have you ever been there where the only thing that you could conjure up out of your mouth 
was mercy. You knew you was guilty. You knew you did it. You knew you made a bad decision. But you also know that you serve a God that is full of mercy and full of grace. Can we thank God for his mercy? I know you're at home and I, I see sometimes pastors think that you are sitting at home watching the sermon like you would be sitting at home watch, or like you would be sitting in the church watching it. But in reality is some of y'all in bed right now, some of y'all chilling, but wherever you are, you should just lift up your hands and thank God for having mercy on your life. So they respond. They say, Lord, have mercy on us. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. Watch this. This is so dope. And as they went, they were cleansed. In other words, Jesus didn't heal them and then send them. Jesus said, I need you to participate in your healing. Go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says that as they were going to show themselves to the priest, they were all beginning to get healed. I don't know about you, but I would have asked for something a little bit more dramatic. I'd have been like, geez, you, you, you got to knock me out. I need to lay down. Somebody got to come with a, with, you know, with the sheet and lay it over me. You, you got to treat me like Benny Hinn and just like knock me all the way out. I need something more dramatic. Listen, they hear Jesus' words and they automatically start walking. They don't ask no questions. They don't say, Jesus, shouldn't you touch us? Because... Yeah, typically Jesus did touch lepers, which is dope because Jesus touches stuff that we don't touch. Jesus doesn't have a mask on right now. He ain't worried about their sickness right now. Jesus just simply says, go show yourself to the priest. And this command required a high level of faith in the work of Christ. Because typically, look at the Old Testament. You showed yourself to the priest to prove that you were healed. But Jesus tells them to go before he even performs the miracle. And here's what's dope talking about community. It is in the context of community that they realize that they were healed. What, what do I mean by that? Nobody in the text has a mirror. Wow. Nobody in the text is able to see their flesh being healed. The only way they knew they were healed by looking at the community around them. And I looked at somebody else and said, oh, my God, your skin is healing up. I looked at somebody else and said, Man, it's all dry. The boils are drying up. In other words, they only knew that they were being healed in the context of community. And I get it. We are in the middle of a pandemic and Trying to have community has been crazy. Trying to, you tired of Zoom calls. If I see one more Zoom link, I'm a scream. I'm tired of it. And we're trying to do discipleship through, through, uh, through Zoom. And we're trying in the midst of a pandemic to be virtually discipled. And I get how hard it is, but hang in there. Because it is the context of community that you start to see Jesus working. It is in the context of these 10 lepers walking that they look at each other and they start to see that their bodies are healed. But here's what's dope. One of them does something amazing. Check out the verse in verse 15. Y'all still rocking with me? Yes. In verse 15, it says, then one of them, not, not, not 10, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face. It says, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving Thanks are giving thanks. Yeah, giving thanks to him. Now he was a Samaritan. So nine of them continue to go on their way. The Bible says that one of them turns back and he praises God with a loud voice. I'm sweating like T.D. Jakes up in here. The Bible says that nine of them go away and one of them then comes back. That's no shade. I love T.D. Jakes. 
It says one of them comes back and he comes back and he does not come back and say, thank you. He comes back with a loud voice. In other words, his thanksgiving was birthed through praise. It was praise. That, that's how it showed up. And sometimes we think that we have to come to the church and, or we have to give thanks to God in a calm, collective, and a cool way. But when you really understand praise, it is loud. It is noisy. It is rambunctious. Can we in this room just lift up a praise that is loud? A little bit louder that is noisy and rambunctious because we serve a God that has been good to us. One of them comes back. And when he comes back, the Bible says that he comes back and he praises God. The Bible says here with a loud voice, loud voice in the Greek literally is where we get our word megaphone from. He comes back and he lifts up a praise that is loud to God. And so one of them comes back, nine of them go away. And Jesus begins to ask a series of questions. And here's where I'll land the plane so that you can go on with your Thanksgiving Sunday. He says here in verse number 16 and uh, verse number 17, when Jesus answered, he answered them, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give thanks to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus asked here three penetrating questions. And sometimes when we read the Bible, it's easy for us to read these questions and jump over them. But, but let's answer the questions. Here's the questions. Where are they? Weren't they healed? Why didn't they come back? That, that's Jesus' questions. And here's the answers. Yes, they were all healed. The nine went away without showing gratitude. And only one, watch this, foreigner came back. You would think the one from Israel would come back. But the Bible says that the foreigner, the, the Samaritan, the one at this point, you didn't know he actually had access to be saved by Jesus He's the one that comes back. And up until this point, the lepers were all identical in the text. N nothing separated them. Nothing showed us a difference with who they were. We knew that they were all they all had leprosy. We knew that they were all outcast into an unnamed village. They were all determined to do something about it. The text says all 10 of them cried out for mercy. It doesn't say five of them or one of them. All 10 of them cried out for mercy. And the only thing that separated them was this one difference in verse 17 and 18. Here's that one difference. One came back. They, the nine left. I don't know where they went. Maybe they were so excited that they went to hang out with their family and show their family. Maybe they did follow all the way through to go show themselves to the priest. But this one came back and when the one came back, he didn't get one miracle that day. He got two. Everybody else got one miracle. But this one leper came back. Let me, let me rephrase that. This one ex-leper came back and when he came back, he got two miracles. Here's the first miracle in the text. The first miracle in the text is that they all were physically healed. Here's the second miracle in the text, verse 19. One was saved. Amen. Don't miss this. The Greek word for a cleanse in verse 14 is katharizo. It literally means bodily cleansed or healed. But the Greek word that is used in verse 19 is sozo. It means saved or delivered. In other words, this one that came back was he got two blessings. And here's the reality. I would much rather go to heaven with leprosy then go to hell and be healed on earth. Wow. These nine got healing, but they didn't get salvation. But this one got healed and he got 
salvation. And I would argue that the greatest miracle in the text is not verse 14. The greatest miracle in the text is verse 19. Because in verse 19, he now will spend eternity as an ex-leper sitting by the throne worshiping Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus, listen, the greatest miracle in your life today can be meeting Jesus. If you do know Jesus, the greatest miracle in your life is that you know Jesus. You know what I love about Jesus is not just that he saves me, but that he keeps me saved. That I'm still saved because the reality is I should not still be saved, but it is the power of God that saves me and it's the power of God that keeps me. And so these nine went away and they didn't get spiritual salvation. They got a physical one, but this one came back and got both in the greatest miracle in all of scripture is not physical. Listen, Jesus could have went his entire ministry and healed people left and right and not made a dent in the amount of sick people that were in Israel. When Jesus heals people, it's always pointing to a greater healing. When Jesus heals you, it is not pointing to anything physical, but it's pointing to something supernatural. Let me quote to you Ephesians chapter two. We were dead in our sins and our trespasses, but God made us alive. The greatest miracle is when our dead hearts are made alive. The, The greatest miracle is when the scales on your eyes are that were blinded are then removed. What a merciful savior that we serve that is able to heal us, not just from physical disease, but a spiritual one. Who on here today is grateful? Can can you just type in the chat room for me? I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Do it in all caps. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Do the emoji hands with the with the two hands and just show how grateful you are because we serve a God that is gracious to us. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but all year long, I'm closing my Bible. That means I'm done. All year long, you've been feeling like you lack gratitude. You've lacked joy. And I understand it. I get it. But the reality is you have something to be grateful for. Dig deep. Look around your life. Look at the family members around you. Pray that you would birth some type of gratitude today. I'm going to pray for us and I'm going to invite the worship team to come sit back around and pray that we would sing songs that birth gratitude in our hearts. Pray that we would read texts that birth gratitude in our hearts. I pray that we would have conversations and testify about how good God is. Father, I thank you today for your amazing mercy. I thank you for your grace, but I thank you for your amazing mercy God, I thank you because your mercy is not just for today, but tomorrow when I wake up and make mistakes, I'll be met with mercy. I don't want to go into it willingly making mistakes, but if I do, we have an advocate with the father. He's on the right hand of you right now, oh God, and he's pleading for us to be to have mercy. And I thank you, oh God, for that. And only people, Lord, this is real. Only people that know they messed up can actually thank God for mercy. God, I thank you and I praise you. And so, Father, I don't know who it is today that doesn't know you. I'm not naive. I know everybody that's live, that's that's piped into the live stream today. I know everybody doesn't know you. We thank we are thankful that they decided to hang out with us today. But Lord, I pray that they would get verse 19. Pray they would get salvation today because salvation is only found in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Father, bless the remainder of our day. I pray that this word would take us not just through today, but take us through the week and transform our lives so it, that it can take us through the rest of our lives. It's in Christ's beautiful name that we give all glory and all praise. Amen. Y'all keep worshiping with us. Thank y'all for hanging out. It is such a blessing. I'll see y'all next week. Grace and peace.